0: Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I love it when God drops something on you and you just know that it's going to be good. You know, when you get that revelation that he really has a subject in mind and he wants you to talk about that one. Faith's a really big thing for me, so I'm just so excited because I'm going to share some testimonies and like, I'm just pumped. Okay, so we're going to talk today about walking by faith and how faith is just much more than trusting in God. I mean, who knows the scripture? I walk by faith and not by sight. I kind of always look to the word faith, but what about the I'm walking? That's an action, isn't it? I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I'm walking by what God gives to me. I want to talk about that today. I've shared my earlier testimony a while ago, and it's gone down on this app that's called Podbean, and it kind of talks about my life pre-Christianity when my life was in the pits. Now, I came to the Lord when I was 20 or 21 and started reading up on what I would call heroes of the faith. Now in Holland, where I was living at the time, there was a lady that had brought out books from Germany and her name was, um, in Dutch you would say Basilea Slink, but in English you would probably say Basilea. Who's heard of her? Basilea Slink. Okay, so this lady brought out a whole bunch of books and I um, managed to grab one of them, started reading them and became absolutely fascinated by her testimonies. So she decided that she was going to... um, start a monastery for nuns and it was going to be an evangelical monastery where the focus was going to be on Jesus. Is it called monastery or not? Evangelical, an evangelical monastery. So Basilia decided that this was going to be a monastery that was based on faith and all these nuns were going to come together and start walking in faith and she started sharing these testimonies of what these women were doing and it blew my mind testimonies of faith and how they were stepping into this radical sense of faith and I remember reading one story about all these nuns that had um, been given a van that they were going to drive around to give food to homeless people but the van had no curtains in it so they decided because God had given them this van that they were going to believe that God could somehow give them the curtains for in that van it's possible right he's already done that then they decided that they were all going to climb in this van. I think it was 12 of them. I can't remember the exact number. 12 nuns climb in this van and decide to not come out until the curtains get given. Now that's radical faith, isn't it? Can you imagine 12 nuns praying up a storm in a van and they decide that they're not going to come out until the answer is given? They were sitting there for hours, and they were sweating and crying out, and like, God, what do we do? It hasn't happened yet. We need these curtains, and we know you can do it, and you're the God that provides for us, and we need these curtains. And they just, like, kept going for it, hours on end. And they were sweating, praying up a storm. you're like, oh, my gosh, that's just the craziest story I've ever read. And then guess what happened? On the side of the van, they're like, yeah. And this lady comes up and she says, like, oh, I was just cleaning up at home and I found these old, like, curtains in the attic in a bag and I thought I'd chuck them out. And then I thought maybe you ladies could, like, use them. She had no idea there was a need, right? And I thought I might just bring them along. And the nuns just go absolutely crazy. Wow, curtains! And they start pulling these curtains out of the bag. Now, that in itself is a miracle, right? But guess what? The the meters around in the van on the inside, I think it was 11.3 that it needed to be. And guess how long those curtains were? 11.3 to the centimeter. It, it completely covered the inside of the van. I mean, that is just, I remember reading that and thinking, God can do anything. God is so specific that when you like pray and when you don't give up. And like, I saw these women like a bunch of pit bulls hanging on to the subject and not letting go until they saw it happen. I thought that's just mind-boggling. I remember reading that and thinking like, first of all, God is a provider. Secondly, God is very specific. And thirdly, when you don't let go, when you have a need, you'll see God rock up. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. He was cornered, right? He had no choice. He had to believe that God was going to do something. And if he didn't, he was going to get eaten, right? And God showed up. And I remember hearing that testimony and thinking, okay, this is doing something for me. This is stirring up something on the inside where I'm going to trust God no matter what. I'm going to put my faith into that. And I started believing God for the most crazy things. And it started happening. I remember one time I was volunteering in this group where I had to bake a whole bunch of cupcakes for refugees because we were doing volunteer work with them in a conference. And um, I was at home. I had three little children at the time, so I didn't have time to run out to the shops, come back and do all sorts of stuff. I had to get them ready for school, get these cakes, and then get down to this conference. And I realised last minute... That the icing sugar has run out. No, sorry, the vanilla sugar. It's run out. And I thought, I really can't use this type of trouble, you know, when we've got kids. And I thought, but God is my provider. And I'm going to provide this. And this is going to be a similar testimony to what I read about these nuns. And I thought, there has to be sugar because God provides, right? I look in my cupboard and there's no sugar. And I thought, yeah, but wait a minute, (laughs) these women were hanging on. I'm going to hang on. So I kept praying like, Lord, you're the provider, I don't have time for this, and I really believe that you're going to do this. And then something happens that I would call the inner testimony, the inner witness where you know that God's going to do something, right? Because he doesn't just do everything you want, but sometimes you have that inner witness that is actually according to his will that you hang on the inner witness inside of me started stirring up where I knew that something was going to happen. And I kept looking in my cupboard. I thought, it's not there. Okay, God, I believe that you're the provider and somehow something's going to happen and I don't have time to get down to the shops. And yet I believe that you're going to provide for this vanilla sugar. And I don't know how, but I started to get really excited. And I looked in the cupboard again and again, and again, and I start counting. I'm like, I've looked in the cupboard 30 times, and it still hasn't happened. And I thought, somehow, something's just not, not aligning. Something has to happen for this to, you know, take place. It's something about walking, about taking action according to what you believe, right? And then the penny drops to me. I actually need to take action because I believe that God's going to do this, but I have to take action. And I did the craziest thing. I opened up the cupboard and I reached in. The moment I reached in, there was vanilla sugar there. It was there. And it just 39 times, it wasn't there. But the 40th time when I reached in, don't ask me how, there was vanilla sugar there. It's there. Like my spirit leapt And I felt that God did something inside of me. He started to create this certainty that when he speaks, it will happen. Yeah? I'm going to read out a scripture. Isaiah 55.10. For just as the rain and snow fall down from the sky and do not return there, but water the earth, causing it to bud and produce, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me unfulfilled, but it will accomplish what I intend and cause to succeed what I send to do. Yes, you will go out with joy and you will be led forth in peace." Imagine trying to stop the rain from falling on the ground. Imagine that. You can run around with a bucket. Let's let it not fall on the ground. But God says that his word is like rain. And when it falls, when he speaks, no matter what you do, something's going to happen. It's a certainty. You'll see seeds sprout from the ground. When he speaks and when you align yourself with his truth, no matter what, it's going to happen. There's a certainty in that, that seriously, guys, this is so strong in my spirit. I remember one day, my little son, Rowan, was that size. Like He was somewhere between six and eight years old. Now, we had this problem a lot where our salary, because I was a stay-at-home mom and my husband at the time, who was not Paul because I was pre-married before Paul, he passed away, and um, I would go to the shops and find out that we had run out of money. You know how it's like Friday and then you kind of hope that it will be Saturday soon because the income is there again? Went to the shops. I put the bank card in to get money out to get groceries, and I realised there's nothing in there. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I actually really don't have anything to feed the kids tonight. Like, I've run out of groceries, I've run out of money, and I actually don't know what to do now. I'm in trouble. I went home... I was full of faith, but I was also really, really upset, like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I actually don't know what to do before 6 o'clock, and I'm not going to have dinner on the table unless something happens. So there's kind of this dual upsetness faith that's starting to stir. So I go home, and my son, because it's entering close to like 6 o'clock now, he says, what are we going to have for dinner? And I just blurted out, I don't know, you tell me. Kind of in my spirit feeling like, I don't know what to do. (sighs) You tell me. And he said, like, Mom, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. You tell me what we're having for dinner. And this face started to rise up. Now, in my mind, I was thinking, Lord, you said that you are a provider. You'd better not let me down because I'm putting my trust in you and I'm actually trying to teach my kids how to trust you. Don't let me down because if you let me down, it's going to impact my kids. So I'm having this whole conversation with the Lord about it. And I said to my son, tell me what we're having for dinner. And faith rose up. The moment I asked that, I could feel God's witness inside of me going like it's going to be all right. And he goes like, I want fish. I'm like, okay. So he said, what are we having for dinner? I said, well, you just told me that we're having Fish. And then it went to the next level because I thought, I'm going to be in so much trouble if this doesn't happen because my little boy has now put his trust in this, right? So I went to the kitchen, faith in action, and I started serving the table. Plates on the table, knives on the table, forks on the table. And my son said, where's the food? I said, oh, It's coming. empty table. And the plates are there. And I thought, I really don't know how to how to fix this because there's nothing in the account. I don't know what to do. Back then, there was no mobile phone. This is pre-mobile. I hadn't called and said, please help. I don't know what to do. I just sat there like we we're going to have dinner. And then my husband comes home. He hasn't told me that he's taken the last money out. But he comes home and he's got two bags in his hands. And guess what it is? It's fish. The kids were jumping around the table like bunny rabbits. <laughs> around the table. They just went absolutely nuts when they realized that God had actually answered the prayer. Their faith went through the roof. Because we had fish on that table. And honestly, like my faith just exploded. Because I would put my trust in him. And my children had put their trust in him. And it turned out God is a faithful God. Now, the next week, my son tried the same thing with pancakes. (laughs) There was no inner witness, right? You have to listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you. You can't just put out a wish list and believe that God's going to give you anything no matter what, right? It has to align with his will. But there's times where you really need him to step up and do something. And when you put your trust in him... He'll do it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this stuff. I'll tell you another testimony that took my left, faith to a whole new level. We never had new stuff. When I found out I was expecting a baby, I was 19 years old. I had my baby when I was 20. I had the next one when I was 21 and the next one when I was 23. We were really young parents, and as a result, it meant that we were always on low income, and we never had anything new. Everything in our house was secondhand or handed down or given by a family member. It just meant, like, there were chips off the table, like, the chairs were old, the wallpaper needed replacing. There was always something. It was never anything new. And I remember one day, like, going in a magazine, one of those home shop kind of things, open it up. It's kind of like Domain. And I see this couch in there. And I thought, I really like this couch. And it's brand new. And we don't have anything new. And I get this inner witness that we're going to have this couch. And I look at the price and I thought, we don't even have that in our account. But I have a belief that God's going to give this couch somehow. I don't know. It's still And the face starts to rise up to the point that I convinced my husband to go to the shop with me with nothing in our wallet to go and get this couch. It wasn't in the account. The account was actually debited at the time. And I said, I really believe that God's going to give us this couch. I don't know. How. Let's, just, just, let's just go and have a look, right? Now, the couch was called a populist couch. And I'm talking like copper studs on the side and leather and red and it was just the most outlandish beautiful couch I've ever seen to this day in my life it was just beautiful right so we go to the shop and I start talking to the lady and I said I really like this popular couch and she said yeah the popular is very popular okay there you go well the price is not that popular but okay and um and then I said to her. I don't have the money in the account, but I really believe that we should get this couch. And then she said, oh, no problem. We'll just set up a payment plan, like $13 a week. Okay, we could do that. I hadn't even done that or thought of that. So we actually went home, signed the contract, and we had bought a couch. I was like, Lord, you did that. So I come home, and I'm sitting on this couch, and I'm like, faith testimony, God's giving me this couch, look at this couch, and people would come in, and the first thing they would say is like, nice couch, I mean, you looked at the rest of the house, the couch was it, right? the couch. It's like the populist couch. Oh my gosh, the testimony. Like God's done something really good for me. I love this couch. And I would sit there every day. It's almost like how people are feeling at the moment about toilet paper. And I'd be like, whoa, (laughs) the couch. Wow. I love this couch. And I would sit there every day like, Lord, I love this couch. I just love this couch. I love what you've done for me. I just love it. So beautiful. I love it, Lord. And then one day he says to me, do you think maybe you're getting a bit materialistic? It's like, what? He said, why don't you just give it away? He's like, what? Why don't you give the couch away to someone? And I have this inner witness. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. I don't want to give this couch away. What are you talking about? He gives and takes away, Right. What are you talking about? So I said, like, if my husband doesn't agree, it's not of you. And my husband said, like, I'm sure I'll just give it away. What? I'm like, no, I can't do this. And then I start putting out what you would call put out a fleece. Lord, if this is of you, I want you to confirm it. He starts confirming it. I'm like, Lord, it doesn't make sense. I haven't even paid for the whole couch yet. I'm still on this payment plan and I'm going to give away something that I've only just like had for two or three months. And you want me to give away this and then start paying it off? What? Just, that's just not sensible. But God keeps confirming that He wants me to give away this couch. And then He starts prodding at other stuff in my life. He's like, Why don't you give away your dog? I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? And again, I feel this inner witness, and I'm like, it's almost like he wants me to not be attached to things. He's doing something, right? I see this lady online because I had this forum at the time. This was not my forum. It's somebody else's forum, but I was doing teachings. And um, this lady comes on, and she said, I've been praying about this kind of dog for 10 years, and it's actually my dog. And she had a picture up there, and it looked identical to my dog. I said, Okay. I contacted her and she said, like, I really feel the inner witness that God is, like, intending for you to give me your dog. And it sat well with me. Now, at the time, I had a slipped vertebrae in my in my back and I had a lot of pain. Like, it wasn't the most functional thing for the dog, but it went to a really good home. But I still had the couch. And I was hanging on for dear life. Like, don't take this couch. What are you doing, Lord? And then he started saying, why don't you just, like... Give away the piano. Why don't you give away your car? And I'm like, that's all stuff that can't be replaced. Because there's no money in the account to do that. And yet on the inside, this inner testimony starts stirring up that that's what he wants. And every time I said, Lord, okay, if that's of you, I want somebody to come and tell me. They would say, I've been praying about this for 10 years. And it would line up, and it would be an answer to their prayer, and yet the Lord was stripping away things out of my life, and I went like, "Lord, I almost feel like you're taking me out of the country." Guess where I am now? I'm in a different place, and He wanted to remove everything that was a hindrance. He stripped my whole house down bare. I started giving away everything we had. And the weird thing is that my children and my husband were all perfectly aligned with this. Yeah, let's give it all away. And they started to get really excited because the inner testimony of God was stirring on the inside. And he was doing something that was mind-boggling. I even asked God, if this is of you, because I did not want to give away this couch, right? If this is of you and you want me to go overseas... If you really want me to go to Australia, which in the meantime I started to feel, right? I want you to give me a, like, a confirmation every day. I feel like you want me to go and study at Hillsong in Sydney, but if that's you, I want you to give me that confirmation every day. Every day. To know that that's you. Because I was like faithful and fearful. Because he was taking us completely out of the country, Right? Every day, I would open up my mailbox, and there'd be something in there regarding Hillsong. Every day, I'd be like, "There's another advertisement." I mean, how does that even happen? Every day, there would be a confirmation, like somebody would put a song on, or somebody would give me a CD, or somebody would give me a book, or there'd be an advertisement that would come in, and suddenly, like, it was just raining Hillsong stuff everywhere. So I just don't understand. And then I said, Lord, if you want to give me, like, me to give away the cupboards that I have in the, the room for the kids, which are also new, the second new thing I have in my house, I want somebody to tell me that they need beach veneer cupboards. Now, that's kind of a strange word, isn't it? Beach veneer So a friend calls me up and she says, oh, really, like I've had my house, like my house is just perfectly in order now and I have everything I need and it looks really, really nice. And I'm like, phew, okay, because like that's one that I could strap off my list that I don't need to give stuff because we were stripping our house. And then she said, the only thing I'm missing is beach veneer cupboards. Beach veneer cupboards. She actually used what I would call the code. I said, oh, do you want ours? He's going to take the couch, guys. It's happening. So finally I got to the point that I said, okay, Lord, if you want me to give up this couch that I haven't even paid for, that doesn't make sense, That's the first new piece of furniture I've ever had in my life, I want somebody to walk through the doors of my house and tell me that they know how much that couch is and where it came from and what the name is. If they can tell me how much it costs and what the name of the couch is and where it came from, I'll give it. So this lady came and like picked up an army tent that I had in my attic. Like it was a 12 person army tent, like a really big campus tent. She walks in and guess what she said? That's the populier's couch that came from that shop. Whoa! And then she told me how much it was. I'm like, uh-oh. I said, do you want it? She's like, but it's brand new. I said, yeah, but do you want it? And she's like, yeah. And the weird thing is, the more I did what God wanted me to do, the more my spirit started to rise up. All this stuff fell away and it suddenly wasn't relevant anymore because I was on this journey of faith and the testimony of God's goodness was starting to rise up in me where I believed that he had us and that it was going to be better and that he had plans to, like, to prosper us and not to harm us and plans for a future. And I said, Lord, I'm going to give her this couch and she took it. She got a truck, picked up the couch. And suddenly I was down to one last thing. I had a bowl in my house and it had this pet in it that's called a dwarf claw frog. And I said, Lord, I can't leave because I have a frog and nobody wants a frog for a pet. Nobody likes, you know, they like fish, goldfish, but not frogs. And what am I going to do? And I have a responsibility. And I'd, like, I'd asked the school do you guys want a pet fish or, like, a, a pet frog? And they're like, nah. I'm like, Lord, I can't. I can't just leave everything and leave my pet. I, like, I gave away my dog, but now I'm stuck. And I actually felt the Holy Spirit say, go and check the ball. Oh. I go over and I check, and guess what? The frog had suicided. <laughs> it was dead. It had actually jumped out of the bowl and landed on its coconut and, and it was a goner. It was gone. I'm like, oh Lord, I give up. I surrender everything I have, my faith and my trust, the provision of our lives, I surrender it all to you. Like, there's no holding back, no matter how many no's I have, it seems that your yeses are just coming to pass and that I just need to trust in you. And I almost felt like, you know how you go skydiving and you just jump out of an airplane? I felt like it was this moment of just divine jump. And I heard the Holy Spirit say so clearly, and we ran it past pastors and everything to try and get out of this, you know, and they all said, yeah, it's God, you know. I got to the point that I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to leave the country. And I was like, it just doesn't make sense. We have a house. We have a mortgage. We have jobs. We can't just like, you know, leave the country. And then I was reminded that we still had a fund that had money in it before a renovation that we were planning to do. And the renovation had been knocked back by the council. But that fund that we'd gotten out from the bank was still sitting there. And guess what? What? It was exactly the amount of our our tickets for the airplane. It was just enough to get us overseas. And I stripped back to the point that we all had one suitcase left of clothes. Now, last minute, my daughter had a panic attack and decided that she needed all her clothes from two years ago that didn't fit anymore. Last minute, I actually ended up like pulling all my clothes out of the suitcase to bring her clothes that didn't fit anymore because she was in a panic. And we ended up boarding an airplane and leaving the country. Everything was gone. So I come to this new country and it took us six weeks to get into a house. And we sat there and all I had was, my son had bought like a little remote car for his birthday. All I had was a cardboard box and that was our table. (laughs) We had plastic cups and plastic plates and I would wash up on that and we had nothing. The house was empty. There was nothing there, and yet I believe that God had us. Every time we ran out of money because we were studying, God would provide. And I'm talking about a year and a half of studying at Hillsong, and we never ran out of rent. God always provided. Because we had stepped out in faith, I just saw God's miraculous provision that every time we said, oh, my gosh, if something doesn't happen next week, we're not going to have money for the rent. God would step up, and there'd be money in the account. It was just an absolute miracle, guys. And not only that, but everything that we had given away, besides the couch, that was no longer an issue. But everything got replaced twice. We got given two fridges, two tables. Like everything we had got replaced twice. And it got to the point that I remember one week, because we had just put in the um, the first bond for the apartment that we were renting. Um, we didn't know that you could actually overdraw on a week, that you could take out too much. So we put in this, this bond, thinking there was enough money in our account. And I go back to the bank to take money out, and the money's not coming out. And I thought, it just doesn't make sense, because I know the money's in the account to get food, but I can't get it out. So I walk in, and I talk to the manager of the bank, and I said, what's going on? I can't get the money out. And she said, oh, you've overdrafted because of the deposit. And she said, you can only get money out in a week and a half. I'm like, What do I do? There was nobody to fall back on. I didn't know anyone yet. I was still very broken in my English. There was no family support here. There was no friend support here. There was no, I'm just going to call up my auntie and she'll help me out. There really was nothing. And I thought, okay, a week and a half, and I don't have money to buy food. We're talking about more than a plate for the fish now. We're talking about a week and a half and nobody to fall back on and all I can do standing in that lion's den is just trust that God's got us and he's going to do something do you know what I did I went to the shop and I got a grocery cart and I start shopping as if I've got money here it goes to insanity right I'm putting in all the stuff that I would usually use for a week, and I'm not being like over, you know, I'm just doing the sensible, that's what we would get, a loaf of bread, a bottle of milk, all the basics, I need a tub of butter, I need meat, I need vegetables, and I'm stocking up this like grocery trolley, and I have no idea how to pay for this. (laughs) Something's got to happen. Because I need food for a week and a half. I can't just say to my kids, like, well, just we're fasting for a week and a half. They're like, they're still in primary school, right? So I'm stocking up this stuff and it got to the top and I thought, okay, that's what I would get for a week and a half. And I'm like, dear Lord, what do I do now? And I walk out to the task register and suddenly I hear, hey, I'm like, we don't know anyone here. He's like, hey, like, Hi. He said, oh, you don't remember me, dear. i like, I don't know anyone. He said, oh, I'm the guy that was in the welcome lounge. It's the only person that I spoke to coming to Hillsong College. The only person that I'd spoken to was in the welcome lounge. You know how you walk in? Hi, I'm new. That guy was in the shop on that day. It was the only person I knew in Australia. And he was there in that shop on that day. And he's like... Hey, I really feel like God says I'm going to pay for all your groceries. <laughs> Seriously. I was like, what? And he said, and we need more. And he starts piling up more stuff on the trolley. I'm like, he said, what do you not have? I said, I, I, I don't have anything. And he starts piling up plates and cutlery and cups, and just, and I'm just like, I'm so, I'm just blown away, I I don't even know what to say, he said, you know what, come to my house, and I'll give you a fridge, or like, you know what, better what, I'll give you two fridges, because you guys don't have any fridge, and he just decides that he's going to pull the fridges out of his garage, and give them to us, guys, we didn't know anyone, the miracle of God doing that, I mean, I could have stood at the cash register, and just gone like, you know, But God showed up and did something through the only person I knew in Australia. Blew me away. See, when you walk by faith and you step out, you'll see that God steps up, that God will do something, that he won't leave you just hanging. If there's a real need here, I've seen it again and again where God will actually do something. When you put your faith in him, faith comes alive. Faith comes to action and you'll see God's provision I could tell you so many testimonies about what God has done in that last minute, so many testimonies of how God stepped up. There was one other weird thing that really happened where, like, so this is a long story, but we had um, a great grandmother that had a really awkward plot of land that was like a two by three meter plot of land. You can't even build on it. It doesn't. It doesn't take the price of a ha- like. It doesn't take the size of a house. It was two by three meters in a triangle, and it was out on the bottom of um, Holland. And it had been on the market for 11 years, and nobody wanted it because you couldn't build anything on it. It didn't even fit the size of a shed on it, and nobody actually believed that that would ever sell. When we ran out of money, guess what sold that block of land suddenly came on the market after being on the market for 11 years. It sold, and not only that, but it was like sold to an advertising company that just decided that they wanted a signage, little square triangle sign on it that had their shop thing on it, It had no other purpose. But exactly that amount is what we needed to pay the rent that week, because it went to, um, I think, 12 grandchildren. It got divided up. And it was just enough for us to pay the rent. I mean, the miracle of that, where God has actually prepared works in advance to prosper you in the future. Even when you don't see it coming, it's already lined up, eh? Habakkuk 2 verse 4. Now I read a lot of my verses from the um, complete Jewish Bible because I like the translation and sometimes I like to compare because they'll use a different word or use a different phrasing and it kind of makes it a bit more interesting I think. So this is the CJB Bible. The righteous will attain life through trusting faithfulness. I find that interesting because in English or in the in the other translations you'll see the word faith but this says trusting faithfulness. You know how we were singing before about the faithfulness of God? What about our faithfulness? Us being faithful to the plans of God, us trusting what he has. I thought that's really interesting. I'm going to look up the origins of what faith actually means. Now, I found that when I study um, the the Hebrew origins of words, that something will pop up that really, to me, it's a revelation. Something will pop up that we don't usually hear in English. So I'm going to talk about the origins of faith and what it actually really means. The word faith in Hebrew is the word imunah. Now there's this similarity that happens with Jewish words where if you have certain what they call root letters, there's um, other words that line up with that that kind of are attached to it, if that makes sense. Like think of the word Jerusalem. You can hear the word Shalom in that, which means peace. So Jerusalem or Shalom, it just has those same root letters in it. Now the same thing goes for the word imuna, which is faith. It actually lines up with the word amen. All our promises are yes and amen. When God promises things to us, there's a yes and amen. When we put our faith in God, we can say yes and amen to what He does. There's a lining up of these root words. The other thing that comes out of Imuna is the word im. Ima it means mother. Now think of the word mother. When you've got a baby and it's resting on the on the breast of the mother, it just trusts that the mother's not gonna drop it, right? It doesn't have any, oh my gosh, please don't drop me. Please don't provide for me. A baby has that trust. The word imuna comes from ima, which is comfort, mothering, concerning over. We can put our trust in a God that mothers us, that concerns for our well-being, that's a comforter of us, a provider for our needs, just like a baby is resting on the breast of the mother. Isn't that amazing? All his promises are yes and amen. He's faithful for us, to us, but he also calls us to be faithful to him. When he promises us something, he wants us to step out in faith and actually go for it, walk by faith and not by sight, to take action. Now think of Daniel again in the lion's den. He had to put his trust in God. Now think of Noah. God gives him this outrageous thing of, I want you to build an ark. He had to put his trust in him because everyone else was telling him that he was out of his mind. Everyone's telling him, you're absolutely insane. You're going to build an ark on dry land because you believe that a flood is coming. But he had that witness on the inside that he believed that if he didn't do it, it would perish. It's a good thing he listened, eh? Same goes for Abraham. Abraham believed that God, in the Lord God, and God credited to him as righteousness. That's in Genesis 15:6. So his faith became righteousness. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Trusting is being confident of what we hope for, convinced about things we do not see. Other translations say faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance. Who's ever seen people being prayed for and then immediately the preacher will say, start bending over? Do you know why that is? It's not because they want to see the person that's being prayed for in complete agony. It's not because they want them to be stretched to a point that it's uncomfortable. It's because they believe that God's doing something. And they know that that faith in action is actually what? You know, like demands a blessing. Well, demand's not the right word, but what actually, like, brings the blessing is by stepping out. Like, okay, if you've got a sore knee, start exercising that. It's called walking in faith, stepping out and doing something. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews 11, verse 6 Without trusting, it is impossible to be well-pleasing to God because whoever approaches him must trust that he does exist and that he becomes a rewarder to those who seek him out. He becomes a rewarder to those that seek him out. Hebrews 11 verse 7, Noah trusted God and he built an ark. Wow. I haven't had that one yet said. For me, it was like, give your couch away. But God said to Noah, build an ark. It's outlandish faith. Genesis 15, 7. Abraham brought God a cow, a goat, a ram, and a young pigeon. He believed so much, he made a significant sacrifice. Now, think back of those days, right? If you had a cow... You had provision. You had milk. Cows were even used on the land, sometimes oxen, but cows were also used on the land. You had a provision for your family. If the cow needed to be slaughtered, you had meat for the family. Giving God a cow was a significant thing. It was like putting everything on the altar like God asked me to do. Abraham brought God a cow. It's not like he had a lot, but he did that. He sacrificed his earthly provision for the provision and the hope of God. He put his trust and his faith in God. He brought him a cow, a goat, a ram, and a young pigeon. He just brought it all. I'm going to sacrifice because I believe that what God's telling me is true. And his faith was accredited as righteousness. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4. It says come declare the greatness of our God the rock his work is perfect for all his ways are just a trustworthy god who does no wrong he is righteous and straight Romans 21 God's way of making people righteous in his sight has been became been made clear it is a righteousness that comes from God through the faithfulness of Jesus the Messiah to all who continue trusting. I love that they use that word trusting a lot because in other translations they'll use that word faith. But faith is trust, isn't it? Putting that faith in Jesus who sacrificed himself so that we could become righteous and our faith is accredited as righteousness, the kind of faith that goes with walking, with action. So it's not just trusting, it's actually doing something because of that, yeah? James 2 verse 18. Now this is a really long one, but I feel like this is just awesome. But someone will say that you have faith and I have actions. Show me this faith of yours without the actions and I will show you my faith by my actions. You believe that God is one. Good for you. The demons believe it too. The thought makes them shudder with fear. Now, I don't think I'm calling anyone foolish, but this is what the Bible verse says. Foolish fellow, do you want to be shown that such faith apart from actions is barren? Wasn't Abraham declared righteous because of actions when he offered up his son on the altar? You see that his faith worked with his actions. By the actions, the faith was made complete. And the passage of the Bible was fulfilled which says Abraham had faith in God and it was credited to his account as righteousness. He was even called God's friend. You see that a person is declared righteous because of actions and not because of faith alone. Faith without actions is dead. People are only declared righteous when faith comes with actions. It's the walking by faith. It's not just the faith. It's not just believing. It actually says here, the devil believes. He doesn't do anything with it, though. It's our walking by faith and not by sight. By believing that inner testimony that God will do what he says, what he sent out his word to do. By believing in that, you're putting yourself out there, You're taking steps that go together with that trust and that faith. Amen? Exodus 17, verse 12. Moses believed, so he raised his hands. Imagine if he would have given up. He raised his hands in faith, and he did it multiple times. Like, there's just all throughout the Bible, there's testimonies. I love what Moses did when it comes to the staff, the Red Sea parting, raising his hands, God stepping up, like, overcoming the enemy, you know, warfare. God believed what God, like, Moses believed what God said, and it became a Righteousness. All his promises are yes and amen. He's faithful to us, and he calls us to be faithful to him. Now, the other thing that I found on the word imuna that just really blew my mind is that it doesn't just mean faith or trust or action, but it also means that I support God with everything I have inside of me. It's not just God is faithful to us, but it's I'm faithful to God. I support God by my actions. If I believe that God's spoken to me, that the Holy Spirit has given me an inner witness of what He's about to do, I actually support Him with everything I have. I align my life with that truth. I'll support God. Isn't that amazing? Why would you need to support God? Why? It's a love relationship. Imagine if somebody said, I believe in you, but I'm I'm just not going for it. It's a trust and a love relationship that we have with the Father, where we support everything he does by our actions, by our faith, by our stepping out, by our testimony to other people. We support him, right? It's not just that his promises to us are faithful, but he's calling us to be faithful to him. i raise my hands when he says, you know, I'll see the army overcome. I'll see him step up and overcome the warfare in my life. When he tells me, I'll do it. I've come to the point now where I've been in that lion's den so many times that when God says, I'm gonna do this or that, I'll put my everything in it. I want no choice. Because he's created that level of faith inside of me. And I believe that faith is something like a muscle that can actually grow. You know, you don't always get it right. I could tell you tons of testimonies in the very start of when I became a born-again Christian where I was too scared to step out. I was like, God, do it yourself. I'm not doing that. I'm not talking to that person. I'm not stepping out doing that, you know. But again and again, he proves to me that he's a faithful God. And it's almost like a little baby that falls down and then starts walking again. You don't tell that little baby to stop trying, do you? You encourage it to get up and start trying again. When a baby takes its first steps, every person here that's a parent knows that your heart goes ballistic. When you see your baby walking for the first time, you're walking. You're stepping out. God feels the same about us. When we start stepping out, his heart explodes with joy because we're putting our trust in him. Amen? It's amazing. So I'm going to go finish up with, like, this little book. It's by Keenan Bridges. Now, I've been using this book, and I can't recommend it more. It's just, if you want to get a really good book about breakthrough, like Tiana knows that we're using this book, it's just amazing. It goes into devotionals that are kind of a page long, so it's not too long, and then at the end of it, it goes into a little prayer that kind of wraps up the subjects. So I'm going to day 21, Breakthrough Prayer. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out one sentence at a time and I'd like you guys, if you want to, to pray it out with me. So I'm going to start. Father, your word is true. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. the evidence of things not seen. seen. Therefore, I declare declare that I possess unwavering faith in your word. word. My faith is the evidence evidence that convicts my conscience conscience. and and serves as the proof that what you have spoken, you are able to perform. I am not moved by my circumstances, circumstances. but I am confident in your eternal word. I I wait with great anticipation anticipation. to see and experience the manifestation manifestation. of your glorious promises. My faith allows me to access the realm Of the invisible and receive supernatural blessings in every area of my life. I possess my healing and my deliverance by faith. Nothing is impossible because I am a believer in your word, I am not a doubter. By faith, I in my life. By faith, I release supernatural breakthrough in my life. Thank you in advance for the manifestation of, the manifestation. of what, you what you have promised. In Jesus' name, in amen. See that? Oh stirs me up. I feel like God gave us this word today because he wants to stretch our tent pegs. Who knows the story of Jabez where he started stretching the tent pegs? I feel like God's about to do something in this community and in our hearts, in our lives, in the people here, where you're going to be a walking testimony, where God's going to start dropping things on you, start speaking to your spirits about stepping out in faith. Now, I want to challenge you. If there's something like, I feel that I need to go and build an ark, come and talk to someone before you grab the wood and start sawing away like a carpenter. Run it past someone. You don't have to do crazy stuff that puts yourself or your family in danger. But when you're in the lion's den, you've got no choice. You'll see that God will step up, right? If you feel that you need to be accountable, and it's really God speaking, he'll back you up. We've done this many times. Even taking on this church, we actually run it past um, the leadership pastors of um, of Dayspring at the time. We said, Lord, if this is you, we want other people to align with that truth. Trust that you've got believers around you that you could be accountable for. You don't have to step out and do crazy stuff that will, you know challenge your finances or start giving away your things. I mean, be accountable to other people, but I really believe that the Holy Spirit is going to challenge us and cause us to stretch out tent pegs and put stuff before us and see if we actually put our faithfulness and our trust in Him. Listen to that inner witness. And if He tells you to lay something down or step out or do something or feed the homeless or, you know, talk to your next door neighbor, trust that His Word is like... Rain or snow that falls down on the ground and will produce what he sent it out to do. Trust that he's got your back. He's a faithful God, but he's asking us to also be faithful, not only with our trust and our proclamation of faith, but also by our actions. He's asking us to step up. I'm so excited about this because I really believe that there's going to be testimonies coming out of this community of how God dropped something on our spirit with an inner witness and we stepped out and saw it come to pass. Wow. Bread for the baker, seed for the sower, we're gonna see a produce. Yeah? yeah? Stepping out. Amen. Okay, that was it for today, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au.